This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. We report on the biblical counseling movement around the world. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers. At the 2021 ACBC Annual Conference, I had the privilege of sitting down with my friend and fellow worker, Juan Moncayo. We discussed his family and the ministry of biblical counseling in the country of Ecuador. So Juan, you and I are here at the ACBC conference in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's the end of the conference. Yeah, that's right. And so, it's been a uh, good week. You look like you still have a little bit of life in you. There's a little bit left. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm gonna counseling after this. <laughs> yeah, not much. You, you can kind of see it on the eyes of everyone. Yeah, right? it, we're a out. Yeah, a little yeah. glazing over, and people are getting tired. So, um, but yeah, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, tell me just a little bit about. Um, you, uh, let's just start there with just you and your family. Yeah, well, my name is Juan Moncayo. In Latin America, we have really long names. So my full name is Juan Fernando Moncayo. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Quito, Ecuador. Um, I'm married to uh, Marissa. We have two little kids, a three and a five-year-old that keeps us busy. And I have the privilege of serving in my home country of Ecuador, uh, where I serve as the lead pastor of the La, uh, Iglesia La Fuente. And yesterday, uh, we were blessed to be able to receive our certificate as the first um, ACBC certified training center in the Spanish-speaking world. I mean, we, technically, we, we got it in 2020, but we all know what happened that year. Uh, so we're really, really excited about that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, brother. Uh, so <clears throat> you... Uh, you said you had two kids, boy, girl, girl, girl. Yeah, a uh, uh, girl and a boy. The girl's five years old and the boy's three years old. Oh, so we right. have our hands full, yeah. They're, they're it, a blast. <laughs> it keeps you active. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We joke about it sometimes about, you know, how as a single person you think you're pretty holy and then you get oh, married. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And, and then, then you have kids. Yeah, and <laughs> yes. it, it just all changes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then sometimes we think with my wife, we, we joke that like, what, what work did we do with like all that extra time? Because now everything is so much on schedules and you know, like even to be able, she was able to join me here at the conference and even, you know, getting the grandkid, the grandparents to look for the grandkids and like trying to enjoy every time that we have together that <laughs> without the kids, it's, it's you know, but, but it's a blessing, you know, the Lord is, it's uh, good and can help us grow even in those practical areas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's been good to us. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> you uh, now you've taken your church to being ACBC certified. Yes. And uh, and so as you think through that, uh, I mean, what do you what do you hope to do? I, I I think there's a sense of just saying, hey, in your church, um, yeah. I mean, what kind of impact does this have for you guys? No, uh, okay. I think that to, or in order for me to answer that question, I have to go like way back. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, um, I traveled to the United States. My dad won a scholarship. We came to, uh, my dad won a scholarship. So we came to the United States and I thought I was a believer. I think I was a believer. <laughs> and then shortly after, um, just the Lord broke all my, my expectations, you know. So I had this expectation of coming to the U.S. and all these great things are going to happen. And it was just really hard. I couldn't understand the language. I couldn't, like, speak. I went to a place in the United States in which the accent was so different for me to understand. So, so my, you know, it was like this great experience to come to the U.S. And all my friends were like, oh, this is so great. You're going to go there. But it was really hard. So, so the Lord used that to break me and, uh, and, and just help me grow. So through that, I ended up at the Master's University. Uh, well, before that, at a church pastor by, uh, by a dear brother. 
brother that went to be with the Lord last year after a battle with cancer, and it was my first expository uh, sermon that I heard. And I started to see my grow, like actual growth in my life, and I was like, this is, this is awesome. So then a few years later, I went to the Master's University, and I realized that although I was getting so much great teaching from the pulpit, there was a part of me that there were still areas that, that you know, like not just because I was great, listened to great preaching, it was that all that stuff was actually coming into my heart. So there were areas of, of, that I needed to, to, to keep growing. And that's where I got introduced to biblical counseling through the student life ministries. So I didn't know what they were doing, but in most Christian schools that I had um, looked into attending, the idea was like demerits and like fines, you know, and that's like, you know, if you do this, like you, you have to pay this and that. And as an international student, I'm already like broke. So I was like, oh man, that's not going to work. Um, but here, it was just so neat that students will come to you and ask you like, hey man, like, so why did you do that for? And it's not that I was getting in a lot of trouble, but I just thought that it was really neat that they would just ask you those questions. And then I found out that what they were trying to get to is to the heart. You know, why is that we're doing these things? And that was like life transforming for me because, you know, like Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I will listen to, I don't know, like John MacArthur on Monday, Steve Lawson on Wednesday, and like on Friday, you know, like I'm older. So it was like, this is incredible. And I worked in chapel, like, you know, I was the chapel setup team. So like, I was getting incredible sermons, but I remember so clearly hearing from dear brothers and sisters that were like my age or younger, because I went to school a little older, and they were like ministering to my heart. And I was like, this is awesome. So when the Lord sent me back to Ecuador, um, that's another long story at some point, maybe we can talk about it, but uh, I realized that whenever like I'm part of a church in Ecuador that needs to be part of it you know so we need to have expository preaching and then you know expository counseling to say you know like biblical counseling so when we planted the church that's what we started to do and unfortunately at that point in Latin America you didn't really have that many resources and that's just only 10 years ago uh, so through that just because of health in the local church we wanted to 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 share the, the private ministry of the word and not, not only like in the intensive discipleship of counseling but only just discipleship in general like the biblical counseling you know like the, the training for biblical counseling is just good training for discipleship mm-hmm. yeah so so that's how we got started and we've seen lots of fruit <laughs> yes. yeah two important things i think you, you're talking about there one would be the heart yeah and so there's a you're talking about biblical counseling as discipleship the heart yeah. is often missed exactly. in discipleship. So talk to me a little bit about the church in Ecuador. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, is it pretty common there too that the, yeah. that the heart's missed? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. When I got back to Ecuador, my desire was not to stay in Ecuador, but actually go to Ecuador to go to the 1040 window um, as a missionary to the unreached people groups, which I think is absolutely important and crucial. And I heard that if you're a Latino missionary, you might get a better response as you get there and like all those things. So, so I thought that was really interesting. But when I got to Ecuador, and Ecuador has this deep missionary history, uh, however, it was really sad for me to hear that many times you would not talk about the heart. You know, it was like either behavioralism or even in the other sense, just kind of like, well, like God loves you anyways, you know, like we're all messed up. And, and this is Ecuador, you know, this is a place that has had so many, so much missionary history. So um, um, the idea was that the country was reached, but they hadn't taught him to obey all that he's commanded. They might have taught him what he has commanded, but not t- teach him to obey or to, or, or, or to um, live out what he has commanded. Um, so yeah, so so that's, it's opened up a big door. So even through our local church, when we have counseling conferences, it's been so neat to see pastors that have been ministering for many years for the first time hearing this stuff, you know, hearing like, well, like, wow, like that, that gives me some tools to, to be able to, to talk to my people because many times people just send out um, people outside for counseling, uh, but just getting to the heart and even in, in, in not only in the intensive ministry of counseling, but also in the day in and day out, you know, like, so, you know, we love soccer, you know, so I remember a few years back, 
going on a soccer match and like there was a guy that was getting kind of like like kind of frustrated at the calls and things like that and another brother's like bro what is happening in your heart man and I was like no way <laughs> like the moment that we just brought people Castle into the soccer field and I was like oh man this is this is so exciting man <laughs> you know uh, so yeah brother yeah it, the heart is so important I think many times we don't think about it that way yeah you know I, I do say in, in certain circles that I'm not a big fan of the fact that we have to use the term biblical counseling yeah, or exactly. actually even expository counseling yeah. uh, or expositional counseling yeah. because the, you know it's I, I um, sometimes when I teach I have this slide that the slide comes up and it says fresh squeezed lemonades yeah. but then another slide comes up and says made with lemons <laughs> I mean it, it should be implied yes, that if we're gonna exactly. have fresh squeezed lemonade that it's made with lemons and similarly if I call myself a follower of Jesus Christ, or yeah. and especially if I call myself a pastor, yes. a ministry leader, it should be implied yes. that I am going to bring God's word exactly. to bear exactly. on your life's issues, Absolutely. on my life's issues, Absolutely. on your life's issues. Um, so obviously, though, we're, we're in a different day and age, and yeah. it's important, and we have to use that terminology. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I want to kind of piggyback on that aspect, though, of discipleship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as you think about discipleship in the church in Ecuador. Yes. Okay, so where's biblical counseling fitting in that? I, I, if I go like from the 30,000 feet like view, it fits in everything because biblical counseling is, is discipleship. It's like life together. It's just bringing the gospel to bear in life. I, I love if I can go back to that. Um, even the idea of biblical counseling is soul care. We're called to be who takes care of souls within each other. So I think where does it fit in the culture of Ecuador? I think it's just um, in the Great Commission continuing to take its course as we're supposed to see it happening in our country. Uh, there's many people that will say, like, we make a prayer of faith or, you know, I went to an event or I've been in Christian churches for many days. But then you don't see the, the gospel actually apply, the gospel apply in every area of life, and we're all working on that. But in some of these areas, it's like the first time that you realize, like, hey, the Lord has something to say about communication. The Lord has something to say about conflict resolution. The Lord has something to say about anxiety and my depression. Uh, so I think... As as a general, I see that the break, biggest need in, in my country, and I think even I, I can speak by God's grace, I've been able to speak in the region, of, in, in the Spanish-speaking region, is that that you can just have this head knowledge in which you're like, I know what the gospel says, I, I even start to read now, there's a lot of translation of great books, but how does that look like in my life? So I think that right now, biblical counseling is a huge area of need, and I see it that, that by God's grace, um, it, it's the, the Latin American church is waking up to realize that we need this, so we need this, because this is body health, uh, health of the, of, of the church, um, yeah, and, and, and shepherding people more than just providing content. You know, it's not just uh, dispensing truth, but it's ministering that truth. So if you're uh, thinking about the challenges of, um, we'll just say receptivity, yes. uh, receiving this training, do you find it, it's, um, do you find any challenges? I, I, we'll just talk about two different groups. One would yeah. be um, the leadership, so pastoral mm -hmm. leadership, yeah. elders, so on and so forth. Uh, the second group being the laity, yeah. okay, the people in the church. So, uh, challenges? Oh, <laughs> oh for sure. Uh, there, I can think of a few. The first one, I think that right now within people with, um, as I mentioned to you, in the last 10 years we see, um, um, I don't know how to call it, but kind of a, 
a bit of a reformation in Latin America. We missed the reformation completely. You know, uh, when I when I when I talked about uh, my session earlier this week, uh, the same year in which uh, Martin Luther was um, hammering the 95 Thesis, around that same time, like 1517, around that time, it was the time in which actually uh, Spain started to get to our country, to our countries. So the like Catholic churches were just being built in, in our country. So we don't have that that history. You know, uh, by the time even in the states you have the Puritans in Latin America we're still like we just change idols we change from like worshiping the moon and the sun to now worshiping Mary and the and things like that so we don't have the history so with that to say recently you start to see a, a resurgence for for churches that want good doctrine I think some people are realizing like especially after a pandemic like you know like I remember hearing this apostle quote-unquote saying like you know 2020 is gonna be the best year ever and people are leaving the church because they're saying like okay so what happened I thought you were t speaking from God so I, that's exciting because people are going to a right understanding of doctrine they want to learn doctrine there's books being translated um, at the same time I could see that pastors are starting to love books sometimes a little more than love sheep or sometimes they want to start to see um, you know the importance of expository preaching I'm all about that but like expository preaching is one tool and the many tools that you should have as a pastor as you shepherd people so one of the challenges is that sometimes I see that biblical counseling can be more a lay thing or like even a, a women stuff which I'm super excited for dear sisters getting trained but sometimes I see like some pastors thinking like you know what like I just need to preach well so I will say that's one uh, another one is like um, at the same time that we missed the reformation uh, psychology and a uh, men-centered methods did get there like right away so you have things that happen even like Darwin uh, wrote his famous work in Ecuador you know like in the Galapagos uh, island that it's like right it is our island so you know some people will say like, well and, and that kind of starts a whole bunch of human-centered ideas for how to take care of souls and, and, like, and, and how to help people uh, so those things have been in Ecuador for a long mm -hmm. time so so we definitely have that that tension and even within the church of, of who has the who should uh, care for souls uh, and is the Bible sufficient you know like oh that's great and yeah, yeah if you want to get saved like the Bible is what is and if you need but if you really have big problems you need to bring someone else that can actually help so I will say that uh, so we definitely fight some of that battle um, yeah I, I think some of that and the other one also is the professionalization and that's why I, I'm careful with the term biblical counseling or like who's a counselor because it's almost like oh man like I can't do counseling you know I'm gonna pray for you but it's like brother like we all are supposed to be doing this so that's why thank you for saying that about even what does biblical counseling mean I think it's just soul care and we're all called to that at different levels yeah so the laity um, how I mean when you think about the the laity of the church yeah. uh, receptive or what are some of the challenges there I think they're receptive. I, th I think it's hard to, to generalize because in some places in Latin America, you see that the lady is like, I think it has to do a lot more with uh, with how mature are the churches on, on what is happening at, at different, uh, at other levels. So I think that when people start to realize the priesthood of all the saints, you see the lady that's a lot more open. But in Latin America, there's many people who have not been taught. So 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 you start to realize that, you know, like we have the professionals. So the lady might many times will depend on how will happen taught in like, things like Ephesians 4 and you know what is the work of the of the minister to equip the saints for the work of ministry is not like the the the, the they minister in every possible way and in some places in Latin America you do have that you know we, we're a place in which uh, lots of missions have happened so many people lady will think that you know the missionary is the one that does the work you know the pastor is the one that does the work like those guys that like the missionaries chose to do the work those are the ones that are going to do the work I'm just here to help you and they're really encouraging but then um, you know uh, I, I like the example that Paul Tripp 
gives in his book and I change it a little bit. But when someone calls you and is like, hey, brother, like, I've been just working with this guy and like, I met him and like, when do I drop him off at your house so that you can counsel on it? And, you know, and they're so surprised when I'm like, brother, like, you're not bringing him here. You know, you need to talk to them. And you can see in their eyes like, but I'm not a professional. Like, this is your job. <laughs> you know, or like, even like, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm equipped. And it's, you know, just encouraging the people to do that. And, and we have like the examples from like the priest uh, to, to, to the missionary, to, to sometimes the pastors, and we need to continue to move in that direction. You know, in Ecuador, one of the jokes that people say is that the pastor sometimes could be seen like the evangelical pope in the churches, um, because you know that's, this is the mediator. You just go to that, that person. So as I, we think of lady, I think it, it has a lot to do with how are the churches being taught that this is a ministry for everybody. If you're a believer, you have this call. <laughs> so it sounds like you the you mentioned two tensions. One, you have uh, the pastors uh, saying that this ministry of counseling is actually more for the people I'll preach and then then they have the people saying well it's more actually for the ministry leaders or yeah. maybe even professionals outside the church exactly but not for me yeah um, so it delights your heart to see a brother speak to another brother at a soccer match yeah. <laughs> uh, about hey we need to address the heart and the issues of that yeah exactly. um, and that's something that we talk about all the time you know certainly all of us are counselors and uh, mm. it's not an issue about whether you're a counselor or not yeah. you know are you a good one and more importantly are you yeah. a biblical Absolutely. So, so that's good. Um, so I'm going to transition a little bit maybe to something uh, a little less important. Um, and so I know you and I talked a little bit about coffee. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. And, and, and in particular, I mean, I'm always, you know, it, it's always of great interest. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, in the United States, we don't grow coffee. <laughs> and so, you know, those uh, are all, all the coffees coming in from yeah. other countries. I like yours. Yeah, and that's right. so um, you know, and to a certain extent, we're we're kind of just left to whatever gets brought in. Yeah, and uh, so we don't always have our pick of the litter, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, um, I, I think when we first talked, though, you had mentioned that you weren't much of a coffee drinker. I, so no, I was not. So you're a convert. Well, I think this is a this is a longer conversation, dear brother. <laughs> but what I would say is that. I am. I became kind of, I guess, a social coffee drinker. You know, just being at uh, in college, I realized yeah. pretty quickly when I was at a Christian school and just in college, that like that's the way that people hang out. So if you want to hang out with people, you got to drink coffee. Uh, so that's how I got started. But there were big seasons of my life in which I don't drink coffee, yeah. and I think that most of the time I don't know. There's something about like being in, in education and just drinking coffee. So it's not like I don't like it, but but um, I I can I can go without for seasons, you know. My mom, I mean, just just being open here it was funny. My mom used to joke with me when I was a teenager because like you know like out at nights, you know, my family would just have a little cup of coffee and I'll ask for chocolate, and my mom was like, "Are you really gonna go like eventually like to your girlfriend's house and like ask for a cup of chocolate like you know?" You know, I'm gonna ask for Fruit Loops, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, so so it was it, it was funny, you know. But but uh, I, I I like coffee. I'm not just a big coffee drinker, I guess. I I, I'm, I can go without it. People are like, you know, the first thing in the morning. Uh, Doctor Ernie Baker used to teach that about that. You know, that there's people that can live without their coffee. You know, they need the coffee to start the day. You know, yeah, um, I the idol to, of coffee. <laughs> I used to have a. I had a T-shirt one time that uh, it actually said on the T-shirt, instant human being just add coffee, coffee. <laughs> yeah that, that, so. that's, that's right yeah for me um, I could go okay without coffee every now and then I, I do it, it is helpful <laughs> so do you have a favorite I don't 
Like I'm terrible. But I, I have so many friends that like we know on the ground. Like they, they I don't even know the word thing would be, but they have their own coffee and they grind it and they go and do these processes. And I'm like, bro, like, do you know that you can just buy it? Like, you know what I mean? You know? And one time I remember like having instant coffee and people were like, oh, like, what are you doing? And you're from Ecuador, you know? I, I think I lost a few a few cool cards or whatever. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to uh, tasting the Ecuadorian but coffee. Ecuadorian coffee, I hope you, you enjoy it. Oh, brother. yeah, I think I, I will. Hope. So thanks for the time and uh, really appreciate everything you're doing. And, and maybe before we finish up, can yeah. you uh, can you just share with us something that uh, we might be praying for? Yeah. Um, I, first, like, so grateful for the opportunity to talk about uh, the care of souls. Uh, as I mentioned, it was two years ago that I had, two or three years ago, I had the opportunity to share here at the ACBC conference my experience as, as I was going through certification. And I remember as I was talking, it wasn't even part of my notes. I just said, oh, you know what? I'm so excited to be here in this fellowship. We talked about that, that this conference is great to just fellowship and connect. And, and although we're all tired, I think our hearts are full of like listening to so many great things, seeing great friends, seeing what the Lord is doing around um, the world. And I remember during that conference saying like, this this can this fellowship can be just something here from the U.S. It needs to be something that is worldwide. And just to see that in short three years, now we had a pre-conference talking about counseling across cultures and just seeing what's happening with the OIC, et cetera. It's just such a joy. So with that in mind, I think the first thing is just like pray for for what the Lord is doing around the world. And as Christians, I think Piper said, you know, that you're either passionately going or passionately sending. And I think as you, you think of both of those, make sure that like the people that you're sending understand their, their heart, understand what we just talked about during this, this whole, this time that we had together. Because uh, that's so needed. That's so needed. You know, and that is the Great Commission. Uh, you can pray for us that we're faithful as we do that. Uh, as a training center, the, the training has exploded. Uh, before, we used to have classes of 20 to 30. This year, we have a class of 100. Uh, people and mm -hmm. we had to cap it at 100 because we couldn't have more people in a zoom meeting uh, and uh, and we have 19 countries represented so that we will be able to to do that faithfully with uh, even shortcomings of in many places in Latin America you're still kind of in lockdown in some places and I don't like training people just online <laughs> so so just trying to navigate those those things so that we can faithfully do that and not just train people but counsel that, that are in the middle of a pandemic as a training ministry in Ecuador we'll be able to share of the hope and the help that only Christ can give yeah. because of salvation of scripture. Well, we'll be praying for you. Thank and you, uh, it certainly was a absolute privilege to share the pulpit with you uh, oh, no. this week Same at the beer, conference. Brother, so that was great. So thanks for your time, brother. Uh, thank you, brother. Bye-bye. This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. You can learn more about the biblical counseling movement around the world at bcworldwide.org. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of OIC, go to our website, discoveroic.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to receive regular updates on God's grace through biblical counseling, please sign up to be an OIC insider by clicking the pray button on our website. Lastly, will you consider giving, giving to the efforts of OIC to train biblical counseling trainers around the world? If so, you can give electronically through our website by clicking the Give button. Well, I'll share with you more about God's grace next time at BC Worldwide.